Okay, I've been exploring a specific, uh, a specific thought experiment over the past week, and it's uh, I, I, I've, I've kind of been wrestling with it, right? I, I, um, it's, it's, it's a concept that is so strange to me because it really, I think, gets to the core of, um. Of, of a fundamental question, which is, does, does death give life meaning? I think there's a, there's a, there's sort of a common idea that the, the true meaning of life is the fact that, uh, we have a, a very limited time on earth and, and there's some truth to that, you know, there's some truth to that. Um, it's about, you know, making the most of what we have now getting up every day, uh, seizing the moment. And this concept of immortality, of extending life, is a shaky one because if if we are simply attempting to extend life so that can live live longer, attain more wealth, attain more things, do more things, at, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, who cares? What, maybe a hundred, a hundred years of that? It's going to get really boring after a while, okay? I think that's why sort of the concept of like, you know, the, the people searching for the fountain of youth. Oh, oh, we found the fountain of youth in a spring in Florida, in the Floridian jungle the basement of the U.S. in 1600, in 1653. Folks, we found it. We found the fountain of youth. All you got to do is uh, count to 10, jump on one leg and drink this spring water. That's what, uh, that's what Ponce de Leon, the famous explorer, actually wrote. He said, he said, jump on one leg, drink this spring water. And uh, you'll have you'll have immortality upon this physical dimension. Okay, jokes aside, folks, we're talking about virtual life extension. Air quotes, virtual immortality. Okay, um, and you, when I say that, I think uh, I think there there may be an initial thought of like what. This monkey talking about, you know, talking about extending life. That ain't possible, man. We all gonna die. We all gonna die one day. That's just a fact of life. Yes. But let's enter a realm in which we think further than this. Okay. I'm gonna bring a case forward. And I'm not, I'm not arguing for this. I'm not arguing against this right now. But I have to bring the case forward so that we can at least explore the concept of digital immortality. Okay. So uh, right now, as, um, as, as humans in the year 2020, we, for... I would say the past 100 years to my limited understanding of this world, this, this crazy world that we live in. 
We have the ability to keep coma patients alive, correct? Go to a hospital, we, we you know, hook them up to IVs. Great. It's, it's, it's a great invention of, of, of modern day technology. It's a testament to our ability to maintain life for those that need it. But those people are in a state of, uh, of sort of, of, of silence, right? I mean, there, you can't really do much if, if you are in a coma. You can't really do much if you're in a, in a bed kept alive by a machine. But we are entering a, a stage of technology in which from a single point, you can explore infinite recreations of the physical world, infinite simulations, for lack of, of better terms. Okay, so let's theorize. Say you are 95 years old. You've lived a good life, a long life, okay? Your, your body's failing, though. Hips are hurting. Heart's going out. Right now, in theory, you could go to a hospital and, and just kind of maintain this current state. But who wants to do that? Okay, but in the future, I believe it will be possible to go to, say, a hospital, go to a company, sign something, and they will be able to keep you alive, but not in a state of just kind of like sitting there. Instead, you will be sort of uh, able to interact with a interface in which you are controlling a body in a uh, simulated environment. Virtual reality, essentially. But you are moving this character. You are looking around the environment. You are talking through uh, likely a brain to computer interface connection. So you will think and you will move. This is, this is possible today uh, with uh, sort of EEG headsets. I can just wheel this car mm -hmm. to drive forward just with my thoughts. Okay, so that's... For those just listening to the audio, that this, this woman sort of has a sort of, you know, standard EEG headset. It looks like a, like a white band around the, the forehead, and she's thinking and the car is moving. So EEGs are not very reliable, but but they work, right? So you're thinking, okay, you're putting someone in a state where they are not distracted from the outside environment. Their brain is fully focused on something. We don't know what the full limits of EEG in that sort of environment is. In theory, you could hook this up to a simulation that's more in depth than just moving a car forward with the thoughts. I'm talking about walking through these environments, opening UI, navigating all while the physical body is completely still. There's no telling how long an individual could maintain that state. If, 
if in the outside environment, likely a company is keeping the body alive by injecting it with nutrients, injecting it with food, keeping the muscles at a sort of a sort of balanced state so that there's no deterioration in the bones and joints. But for the most part, the body is, uh, is, is still. Talk about the matrix up in here. And that's a little bit of a freaky topic, right? That's, that's kind of a freaky idea because immediately I think the mind goes to like a bunch of bodies sitting in vats just like connected to this, this world. Like, is that really living? But then it's like, okay, imagine that world is fully connected. You can visit your grandkids. You can visit your kids. You can visit your friends, past lovers, future lovers, and start a new life in virtual heaven. How many of you would sign up to that? And I've had to come face to face with this question. It's like, okay, would I, would I, would I do this? Would I extend my life? Say you, you pay 500 bucks a month. You pay a thousand bucks a month. I probably would. On the presupposition, in other words, on the assumption that by connecting to this, I will be able to see others. If it's just a single player thing, no way. If it's just a sort of one and done game, like World of Warcraft got, I would not want to be alive in World of Warcraft for the rest of, uh, the rest of my life. <laughs> talk about <laughs> talk about going to going to the uh, going to the the dwarven realm for Christmas. Oof. Hey, uh, hey, grand, hey, grandkid, meet me, meet me at the Elwyn Forest. We finna finna talk about how your school day was. You know. Hey, hey, uh, hey, wife, you want to go on a date on the shores of uh, the shores of the the World of Warcraft kingdom? God, I, I don't even know the names of World of Warcraft, but you get what I'm saying, right? If if there's enough diversity in this sort of infinite uh, life simulation, um, then it's it's not too unrealistic to think, especially, okay, if we're, if we're talking about the metaverse, the full realization of the metaverse, which is sort of the idea of like the internet, but 3D, right? Able to be accessed, connected to via um, ways that are more natural. So like we look down and we see our bodies. We're all connected in this shared place, the metaverse. If we are recreating earth so that we have a large enough space for everyone, Maybe we even expand further than that. So we have planets, universes, realms that you can travel to. Okay, within those realms, then we have cities, right? That people are gathered together virtually. And then you have homes, you have apartments. Okay, so that you have a place that is your own. 
in which you could invite friends over, have a family, right? And then within this place, it's going to get a little boring, right? So we have uh, we have jobs, we have ways to create things, we have ways to consume media. After a while, and with enough technological advancement, this metaverse will be interacted with, feel like, and operate in almost the exact same way that a physical reality operates. Okay, so then we have people that are extending their lives and continuing on in society, not in the physical world. I'm talking about in the online world, folks. Okay, so now we've reached a point where this, this vision of extending life, this vision of air quotes immortality, I use, I use air quotes on immortality because it's not fully immor immortal, right? Technology could fail and likely will fail. But, you know, for sake of argument here, air quotes virtual immortality, extending life. It's not, it's not too far off, I think. I hate to use time predictions because there's really no way to predict but i would uh i would be confident in saying this this will likely happen within 30 to 50 years i would hope that when this comes to pass if this comes to pass that the younger generation will still be encouraged to go out into the physical world this is my hope, at least. And the older generation, if they want to, right? But there's there's nothing better than, you know, cracking open a cold one on a hot summer's day out in the actual forest, okay? Like, I, I, I get very worried when, um, when I start exploring the concept of, like, spending a lot of time in the the VR metaverse because I, I think that we must always remain balanced uh, with the physical world. I think it's very important to keep sort of a a model of how one's individual self can operate in the physical world, can operate with other people, interactions, and ultimately create a fulfilling life in the physical world and the virtual world. Ultimately creating a stable life in the virtual world and the physical world. You get what I'm saying? It's sort of a, a loop. At least if I look in my life, like if, things are not fully together in the physical world, if I know I need to do something, if I'm procrastinating, if I haven't sorted myself out, if my room is a mess, then the virtual world just is kind of not, not as good. You know, it's like, ugh, this again, I'm just looking at memes, you know. When the physical world is sorted, if my house is clean, maybe I you know, did some exercise for the day, feeling good, 
then the virtual world becomes so much better. It's like this weird kind of feedback thing. So when 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 I start conceptualizing or, or, or talk about extending life and, and spending the majority of time in VR, which I think is what the future is, I think that must also be supplemented with physical world activities, if possible. But eventually the body does deteriorate and those physical world activities become less and less accessible, at least with our current understanding of, uh, of the body. And until we have things that keep the body at like peak physical condition, whether it be through stem cells or some other magic pill that you take, you, you, you sort of go to, you go on Amazon, you order the, uh, the, the anti-aging or the slow age, the slowage pill, the S-L-O-W. A-G-E-E, -E, double E at the end. So for marketing, slow A-G. We'll have to work on that branding. But you, you know, until that comes, there will be a point in everyone's life where, uh, where moving and getting outside won't be as accessible, right? At that point... The metaverse will be what uh, we use. And I think if, if we look to like, um, the inherent nature of humans, right? I think, I take the route that we skew towards chaos. I think, um, there's arguments to be made that humans are inherently good. I think uh, one can think of that. I think that's a half-truth. I think we are also inherently flawed. It hits you. If you look at like your own life, it's like, you know, no, we aren't perfect. There are always things that need to be fixed. I think we naturally skew towards... Uh, towards negative things. It's like you can set up a society in the best way possible, but there's always, there's always going to be corruption in it. It's like a same with a company, right? It's like, God, I hate to get too political, but if we're talking about Apple as a company, they started out as like, you know, the, the cool, like the, you know, think different. Talk about this one is for the dreamers the explorers, the cool cats. I'm not talking about the, the, the weirdos at IBM and Microsoft, right? But then, you know, fast forward to 2020 and, uh, you know, how innovative is Apple right now? Not really, not really very innovative, okay? You guys need to get on with the VR, okay? The AR. No, I'm kidding. But you get what I'm saying. You know, it's like you can, you can, you can, you can, you can place certain inherent values in a company, in a society, but it's always going to skew downwards. It's like a downward spiral. There's ways to maintain that. And I think the, the companies and 
countries and, and societies and organizations of people that do maintain that are, are possible. I think there are, there are examples of this throughout history. I would argue America is one of those. I'd argue uh, Europe is, is another. There are, of course, flaws to these societies, flaws to these countries. But for the most part, you know, pretty good compared to what it was and has been in history. But right now we're talking about a reality in which the concept of war is no longer very present because there's not death in the day-to-day -day interaction. There's not an underlying moment. Like when you're meeting someone new in this metaverse of infinite life, they can't kill you, right? There's not an underlying thing. Like if this person, if, if we start having a dispute, if, if I need to throw out my fists and we need to duke it out, I'm finna open up my UI and block you, brother. All right? Talk shiz. Get blocked, all right? Get out of my life. You got some freaky, freaky dude trying to, trying to touch on you. Freaking block him, man. That's the benefit of Metaverse, right? But then that also, I think, raises the question. It's like, okay, okay. What will the chaos of such a reality be when the underlying thing of death is no longer present? And I think what we will... What we will see is uh, an attempt to control thought, okay? And I think there's many layers to this. The first layer that comes up in my mind is stay inside. Stay in the metaverse. Don't go outside. You're hurting the earth if you go outside. Humans are a cancer upon this planet, and we should stay inside and simply exist in the virtual world. That's a creepy reality, and that's a lie. I think there should always be an underlying agreement between the society and the physical world that it's okay to go outside. It's okay to unplug. I think unplugging should be encouraged, right? You don't want to always stimulate the brain. I think I remember for the first like 10 years of my life, 13 years of my life. That's not true. From the time of getting a phone that could access the internet, like a PSP even, talking about that PlayStation Portable from Sony back in like 2007. So from the time when I was like eight or nine to like 18, so a good, a good decade, Every single night, I would fall asleep with some sort of media on, right? Whether it be a podcast, a TV show, a movie. I think it's important to, you know, kind of kind of unplug sometimes. Let the mind just sleep naturally, man. Maybe taking a break throughout the day, right? Unplugging. Just going into the mind. Or at the very least, going outside. Talking about... Hearing those birds in the trees, man, ain't nothing better. So I would hope that a society that is uh, that is connected like this way 
will not the concept of tyrannical rule in which you stay there, we will handle the outside. I would hope that concept is is not prevalent because that's a dangerous route, man. Because then I think you start getting into the, the creepy matrix route where it's like, okay, you are in here. We handle out there. You stay in your place and don't question the system. And then we would probably see the matrix play out. And then you have like Neo. Okay. And he's talking about take the red pill, brother. Or the blue pill. Whatever. If you wanna if you wanna continue, take the blue. But I'll tell you one thing, man. I'm taking that red pill every single time. All right. So that's I think one layer of chaos. I think another will be the continuation of not really racism, because I think, I don't know how how prevalent racism will be moving forward, because it's like, okay, we're all, we all have avatars now, you know, it's like, where <laughs> you could be racist against a freaking, uh, a freaking, uh, talking about a Sonic avatar right over there, you're gonna be racist against that dude, he's freaking Sonic, man, he's, he's Knuckles, you can't, you can't get mad at him, right? But I think we will see uh, increased tribalism. Okay, so it will be like the the sort of this is just a very simple concept, but like the blue avatar versus the red avatar, right? I think that will always continue. By extending life through the metaverse, we are essentially willingly accepting that we are forced to continue rolling this stone up the hill. So the the stone up the hill is uh guy, I forget the name. Let me let me look this up. Rolling. It's a it's a Greek myth. The Sisyphus. Talk about Sisyphus up in here. All right. And I really like this story because I think it relates to what especially we as 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 boys and men like this is kind of what we do right we work make some money maybe start branching out get in your own place and then you quickly come to the realization that like okay i gotta continue working <laughs> in theory you know you could the other route would be like you know what no man i'm not gonna roll the stone up the hill I'm going to live a life of, you know, blackjack and hookers. But then it's like, okay, man. Yeah, sure. How long is that going to satisfy you? So I take, I take comfort in this kind of rolling the stone up the hill. Cause it's like, it's, it's almost like a, a willingness to accept something. Even though you know that you are sort of uh, perpetually doing a certain thing. So if, I think if, if one realizes they're perpetually doing a certain thing, subscribe to doing a certain thing, it's like, okay, if I am going to have to roll the stone up the hill, if I'm gonna have to take some responsibility for myself within this physical world, within this virtual world, I'm going to attempt to do the most 
freaking good I can possibly do. Because there are people out in the world that are attempting to use technology to do the most evil I could possibly do. And I know the term, okay, the term evil and good is like kind of, kind of, I think it's, it's, it, it, it can be frowned upon within the scientific, within the technological community. There is no evil and good for that is only programmed within the society. All right, man. Tell me this. How is it that we have even the slightest inclination of what is good or evil? You know, it's like when when um when you are when when we are doing something that is for lack of better terms a a moral decision, right? Something in which you are doing that you know you should not do for for most people, there is either a feeling that you are going against or a voice, a conscience, a conscience, talking about Jiminy Cricket up in here, that is sort of guiding, right? And that conscience can become clearer or less clear depending on what you are doing and how, how you've sort of set up your life. But when the argument of there's no good and evil is made in this world, I, I cringe at that inside. Because I think that's sort of an attempt to fundamentally break down what makes us humans, what, 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 what makes us able to operate in society. The very fact that we can organize together, the very fact that we can go through a judicial system, even though it may be flawed at times, is based on the fact that there are rules, there are guidelines in how to operate with other people. And yeah, man, it's, it's up to you if you want to choose to follow those, but by not following those or by simply writing them all off, I think it can, it can get shaky. So then, okay. There's good and evil. Great. What are you going to do about it? Well, I think the most fulfillment in this physical life, at least what I know from my short 23 years on this earth, is that when I'm attempting to bring forth the most good in the physical world, when I'm attempting to bring forth the most good, positivity, love in the virtual world, life flows better. Things flow better. So when I think, okay, would, would I choose to extend life? It's like, yeah, if I, could, if I could keep trying to do the most good, yeah, I would. And it's like, okay, how do you know what the most good is? Well, you can start by 
seeing what the most evil is. I think history is, is a great indicator of that. I think uh, fiction is another great tool for sort of navigating that. Pinocchio, great story. Peter Pan, another great story. Showing sort of the tyrannical aspects of society that can manifest in individuals, that can manifest in ourselves. And, and going forth from there. So what I'm getting at is I think when we're talking about extending life through through virtual means, it's going to be pretty similar to what <laughs> physical reality is. Except with a lot more anime waifus. Hey, folks, um, if you'd like to join the show or at the very least have your voice sort of on the show, you can head on over to the virtual experience dot link in your web browser. From there, you can click the button that says message and you can leave a voice message. I'd love to chat with you. This one is from Diego Marego. Hello. Um, I know I'm a kid. Hi. Um, but I want to ask you a question then tell you about it. What do you think will be the future in VR? Like, step by step. Not just second by second. Years go by. Whatever. I want to hear, like, full dive. Full alternate reality. The true XR. Maybe everything else. And also, do you think full dive will be possible? That's it. Saying hellos from Sacramento, California. Goodbye. Diego Marego, bringing it in from Sacramento, California. Thanks, my friend. I appreciate the, uh, the message. Okay. Step by step. 2021, Mark Zuckerberg announces he is uploading his brain to Oculus. 2025, Gabe Newell steps down as Steam CEO. Who steps in place? None other than George Foreman. George Foreman releases the Index 3, which features EEG, BCI, brain-to-computer interface, Neuralink connection, allowing us to access the metaverse. Okay, jokes aside... Yes, I think Full Dive is very close, will happen. I think the the most early interpretation of it we will see, I, I believe, is kind of what I explained earlier on in the in 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 the episode, which is like the body will be still. We will probably be wearing a headset. I don't think we'll be closing our eyes anytime soon, unless contacts are developed. But we'll have like, you know, the thing, the screen close to the eyes, controlling it either with controllers on the hands or what I would hope to see is, is the brain controlling it. So then you're looking around, 
once the stomach can kind of get over the the motion sickness of it, I think that is the sort of first incarnation of full dive that we will see. Then you start talking about the, not the brain to computer, but the computer to brain in which it is sending signals to the brain. Then we're talking, you can actually like, you know, feel the, feel the wind, feel the breeze. Okay. Then you think even more. God, what would be what would be after that? I can't. I I honestly I can't think of what would be after that, because you have the connection to it, and then you have the it connecting to you, which sounds there's no there's no non creepy way to talk about this, right? These these are these are concepts that are so new that any way you say like I hate the word stimuli. Like God, that's freaking creepy, man. The brain is sending stimuli to the biological human. It's like ew, dude. Who wants to sign up for that? You know, Apple isn't gonna. Apple as a company isn't gonna be like check out the new stimuli V three. It's like oof, that's gross. It makes me think of like some dude that's buying it and getting stimulated by an anime wife. It's like oof, I don't want that. But when we talk about sort of uh, the brain connecting to the HMD and the HMD connecting to the brain. I think that's the the one of the uh the future kind of signposts of VR, the it, it, at the very least a, a route that I think we we will see. Um yeah, man, that I mean that's that's kind of all I got like again, I'm I'm just a VR Enthusiasts and these ideas I'm throwing forward, I'm I'm just conceptualizing them. I think really the only thing we can do is look at what current technology is, maybe throw in a little bit of sci-fi in that, and then at the end of the day, wait. <laughs> and and hopefully try to think of the best way to approach the technologies. But at the end of the day, I mean, you can only talk and think about stuff so much before you just got to pack up the laces and say, okay, how am I going to navigate into this personally, individually? Um, and then and then you go, for, go forward from there, man. It's, uh, we're heading into some strange times. I, I truly do think that, guys. Anyways, that's that. Those are my ramblings on um, on digital immortality. Uh, if you have questions, maybe thoughts about this episode or different concepts, please head on over to thevirtualexperience.link in your web browser. I'll see you guys next week. Peace out. <laughs>